Welcome to DTC Pod, where we take you behind the wheel with the best founders and operators of consumer brands. You'll learn the ins and outs of business from setting up shop, hitting your first million, scaling past eight figures, and even navigating an exit. As founders ourselves, our goal is to help you learn from the best as you build. Visit us at DTCPod.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter, join our founder community, and find additional resources from every episode. DTC Pod is brought to you by Trend, the creative solution for your brand. Go to trend.io to access thousands of creators for content needs such as product photography, unboxing videos, or even TikTok and IG organic creative. Use the code DTCPOD10 for 10% off your next content purchase. As a D2C brand, you need real-time financial visibility to save money and make better decisions. Waiting for books from slow and expensive bookkeepers that don't get e-commerce is slowing you down. Trusted by hundreds of brands, FinalLoop is a real-time accounting service built by D2C founders for D2C founders. Try FinalLoop completely free, no credit card required. Just visit finalloop.com slash D2C pod and get 14 days free and a two-month P&L within 24 hours with all the e-com data and breakdowns you need to crush it. What's up, DTC Pod? Today we've got Derek Osgood from Ignition. So, Derek, I'll let you kick us off. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and what you're working on? Yeah, great to great to chat, guys. Um, yeah, so I mean, my background basically, I you know used to used to work as a brand manager um, early on in my career at PlayStation, launching big AAA games. Um, been kind of in and around uh, venture back startups ever since. So, bounced around a variety of companies in both kind of like tech, mobile apps, um, some a couple of DSC brands. Um, leading marketing teams, leading product teams. Um, and then, you know, most recently, uh, before starting Ignition, ended up uh, standing up the product marketing function at um, at Rippling as one of the early employees there. Um, and yeah, these days I'm working on building a platform for managing product launches. So we help um, D2C brands, we help SaaS companies, we help, you know, anybody who's launching products, features, you know, up campaigns to more effectively bring those things from concept through to launch. So, you know, we're basically building a platform that rolls in all the research tooling that you need to understand your market, um, has planning tools baked in to help you structure a repeatable launch process and communicate that internally to all the people that need information. Um, and then on the other end, like help you to actually measure the success of that launch. So, you know, we're really kind of like bringing that whole process into a you know nicely nicely packaged uh, platform that anybody can come in and, and launch things with. So Derek, one of the reasons we we're really excited to have you on the pod was because we love bringing different founders from different industries that have learnings or products that apply to D2C but may not be exactly D2C. So we're really excited to kind of talk about what it takes to get to launches, whether it's product launches, brand launches, um, it seems like in the D2C world, it, people are always launching new things, right? So on this episode, we're really excited to just kind of unpack what goes into launching products or initiatives as a team and what are kind of the best practices about being able to do that successfully. So why don't I kick this to you? Why don't you tell us a little bit just about what you've learned in the world of go-to-market in product launches like what are some of the lessons that you've learned and what are what would you say are kind of universal lessons and frameworks for for anyone in any type of business you're building yeah it's funny i mean i think like one of the things that always you know strikes me when i talk to folks about launching things is you know everybody thinks that like launching things of their company is different right and so you know like whether you're a d2c brand or you're a SaaS company like you think that your process is some special snowflake and the reality is like this process looks 
pretty similar across SaaS companies, across D2C brands, across entertainment. It's all like really boils down to the same kind of fundamentals. And so, you know, really you're just trying to identify what are we building? Why are we building it? You know, who are we, who is that thing most relevant to? What do we need to tell that, you know, group of people in order to get them to take the action that we want, which is typically, you know, go buy our product. Um, and then where do we need to have that message reach them? And what's the kind of like rollout process that needs to happen in order for that to be most effective so that we can learn what we need to learn through the process and end up actually, you know, introducing it in the most impactful way at that like point in time that we try and kind of drive that like lightning strike at la on launch day. Um, so, you know, the fundamentals end up being pretty much the same across across these uh, these companies. I think like one of the the biggest areas that becomes really clear once you go through a lot of launches um, and, you know, like a lot of companies under index on this in the first couple of things that they're launching because they don't realize how much impact it has is um, is kind of the internal marketing component of this. Like people end up thinking, you know, you spend all of this mental energy trying to figure out like, okay, how are, what, what are we actually saying to our market? But the reality is all the people within your company, there's so much orchestration involved in this process that they all need lots of information as much or more than your customers do in order to effectively go promote this thing. And companies just forget about that. And they end up cre having no process information gets scattered, people just get totally lost, and the message ends up being really discombobulated when it actually hits customers. And that ends up driving really like failed launches and, and they end up flopping because the message isn't clear, because it's not reaching people in enough places, because it's not landing in a really focused way and, and there's just no like clear launch impact around it. So, you know, I, I think like that's probably the biggest thing that has become really clear as I've talked to hundreds of people about the way that they're launching stuff and been through hundreds of them myself. So another question that I have around that, which is uh, you bring up a lot of good points about how how similar all sorts of launches are across all these different companies. But what always kind of jumps out at me is like, what qualifies as a launch, right? Like clearly, you know, for a D2C brand, if you've been planning it for a year and you know you're rolling out a brand new flagship product and like, you know, that's a launch, then, okay, you're going to be doing that. But what are the other things that people don't even realize are launches uh, that they should be planning for and that they should be communicating, whether it's internally, externally, et cetera? Yeah, it's a super good question. And honestly, like, so this is why when we're talking about, you know, the product that we've been building is like, we talked about it through the lens of like, go to market planning as opposed to product launch, because launches are not just about product launches. And when people think about what a launch is, oftentimes they're just thinking about like, what is launch day, right? Like, what are we doing on the day of launch in order to make an announcement? But the launch process is a much bigger, longer, extensive process that includes all the planning that leads up to that launch, all the internal enablement and like cross-functional enablement that happens to prepare for it on launch day, the actual activity that's getting pushed live, and then post-launch, how are you supporting that launch and customers that are coming in after the fact um, and measuring and iterating on it. So the process itself of what a launch is is a lot more expansive than what people think when they think launch. Um, but the, the reality is everything that you're shipping as a company 
is a launch. It's not just the products that you're building. And so people oftentimes their their head when they think about launch that it goes to like the big tier one product launches, the the big like one thing that we're launching this year or four things that we're launching each quarter. Um, but the reality is like you are constantly launching if you're a sat if you're a tech company, you're launching features all the time. If you're a D2C brand, you might be launching ex line extensions and you know they're maybe not new products, but they may be variations of an existing product. And if you're if you're a DC brand, you're also constantly launching campaigns and events and all these things that have a kind of point in time launch process to them, but they aren't necessarily launching a physical thing. They're you're launching an initiative. And so, you know, when we think about like launching, it's really the context of going to market with a new thing, whether that's a new concept, a new message, a new market, or a new product. And what's interesting is, you know, in that same vein, as a DTC brand, you might be testing, launching completely uh, different copy, different landing pages, different website. And so typically you will be dealing with, you know, third parties, agencies who will say, you know, here's our Trello or here's our, our process. And so it seems like this gives, you know, most companies don't have an internal operational process for this gives the brand ownership to say, here's how we do launches. We're going to use it. We're going to do it our way, um, which is something most DTC brands aren't used to. So um, how do you think about third parties and brands owning their um, launch process versus say, you know, the standard is to adapt to whatever is the third party's launch process. And then, you know, it fails, website launch fails. Um, and then you look back and well, we were running someone else's process. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think like one of the fundamentally most important things for any like brand, and this is especially true of D2C brands is obviously like brand consistency, right? It's having a clear message. It's having, you know, a consistent set of assets and ways that you're actually communicating your message to customers. And so it's always shocking to me when companies don't have some kind of internal like clear source of truth and clear process around this stuff because it is what drives all of your brand like you know the launch process where most new assets are created for your company it's, it's the origination point of most new messages it's the origination point of most new assets and so if you don't have a clear kind of process and source of truth for both creating those things and then making them a you know existing repository that you can go back and reference and continue building on top of as opposed to just like creating reinventing the wheel every single time you do this you are you're, you're hamstringing your ability to even build a brand in the first place and so you know i think like lot as you were mentioning like lots of times what what happens is companies rely on their their external agencies to drive the process oftentimes because like they may not have the internal expertise for how to build this process and like they may not really even know where to start and that's fine for a little while, but if it, that doesn't actually turn into a codified process for you internally that you can then copy and paste to every future launch that you have, regardless of whether you're working with that agency partner or whether you're working with a different agency partner or whether you're trying to bring it in-house, then you're not actually building sustainable systems. You're not building sustainable assets that you can then you know reuse as a company and you're not actually building anything all you're doing is just kind of like winging it with tactics over and over again um and you know I, I think the the other challenge is like you you never learn the process if you're not building the process internally like you don't build the muscle because you're just outsourcing the process to somebody else and so using like other other you know agencies tools is fine 
but you need to then find a way to turn that into something internal that you can then like push into those agency partners in the future. And, and I think like when you start talking to larger companies that have grown and like been through this thrash and experienced all the pain involved, if they do this the way that you're describing where they're working, you know, mostly through whatever tools and processes the external partners are pushing or like suggesting to them, they discover that it just doesn't work and it's not scalable at all. And they end up actually then requiring all kind of external partners that they're working with to plug into their existing internal process. So, you know, I think it's it's important to start thinking about that stuff from day one, because you're going to have to go through that transition at some point. And if you don't build it from the start, then you, you just, it becomes so much less scalable. You end up wasting so much time down the road, rebuilding the process. Um, and, you know, you're learning, your pace of learning is just drastically faster if you, if you built it in, in-house. So my next question, Derek, is kind of what you alluded to in terms of the process and getting it right and knowing that, hey, this is the same thing over and over and over for all these different types of industries and types of launches. So my question is kind of like, what do you guys do? And when you were started, starting to build this company, what did you believe there was opportunity to productize on that was different than, say, an Asana or a Trello, which is more of like a generic place for people to collaborate? Yeah, it's a super good question. So I think um, the the reality is like everybody's head when they think about product launches like goes straight to their checklist, right? It's like, okay, there's a big list of tasks that I need to get done in order to, to make this thing happen. But the, the reality is like that's not the important thing in a launch, right? Like, you know, your tasks are just the things that you're ticking boxes on. The, the important thing for you is the actual strategy. It's the documentation. It's the assets that are created and how you turn those into durable multi-use, multi-purpose assets that can, you know, exist for the lifetime of your company. And so where we thought that there was a lot of, you know, opportunity is to take that checklist, but marry it to the actual important stuff in launching, which is the strategic documentation, the asset management, and then layer in tools that actually help you do the work. Like realistically, you know, like this process, because it is a process that is somewhat standardized and it is a process that you know you need to be able to do repeatably and it requires kind of a fairly consistent set of inputs into it you know we were like hey we can take that project the project management component of it and layer in some tools that actually help build so much more repeatability into this process and allow you to actually execute this stuff faster so you can get to market faster but also actually be able to do real planning that's insight driven as opposed to just scrambling to get your checklist done at the last second. And so, you know, like basically, you know, our, our take was you need to have much more of a repository of, inf of knowledge and, and, infer and you know, a, a place that everybody within the company, internal and external, like your agency partners, your internal teams can go and understand exactly what the source of truth says about where the launch is status-wise, what are the important, like, pieces, what, what's the strategy around it, why are we doing what we're doing, What's the context that's driving that strategy? And then what are the assets available to me in order to go help take my card of the launch process and execute it? And so, you know, I, I think it was mostly just building that source of truth and like trying to layer in a lot more automation into it to help people actually do the work. Yeah, so you're you're just essentially verticalizing, um, you know, the sauna for this specific use case of a product launch. And so from a product standpoint, um, what are the nuts and bolts of these features that you mentioned that that verticalizes that make it a lot easier for companies to be able to always be launching um, and iterate faster? 
Yes, yeah, so, I mean, the, this was, I could spend an hour talking about this. The product has a lot of surface area, so we do a lot of things. Um, but I, I think, you know, if you really break it down, so, so it kind of falls into a couple of buckets. So on the research side of things, before you even start launch planning, um, we basically have automated competitive intelligence tools where you can drop in a competitor's URL and we will populate a ton of data about that competitor and track it on a continuous basis. So you can see recent news about them, you can see SEO data, you can see review scores and get insights analysis on those reviews, see what they're good and bad at. Um, based on a real customer insight, you will see snapshots of their web website and how that messaging evolves over time. So you basically just get an instant pulse on exactly what's going on with your competitors. So you can start to really position against them. Um, on the customer research front, we do the same thing. We basically have baked in best practice based research tools where you can easily conduct customer surveys on pricing and packaging, positioning, what channels those customers hang out on. So you can really quickly spin up the research that's needed in order to understand who you're actually marketing to and where's best to reach them. Um, and then we bury that into planning tools. And so the planning tools are basically a combination of like, we have full blown project management. So all the modern bells and whistles that you would expect from project management tools we support. Um, we have uh, full blown strategic documentation tooling that helps to actually document that strategy with frameworks baked into it to help guide you in building you know, better strategy. And we even have some AI tools that will help generate some of that strategy alongside you. Um, and then uh, we have asset management where you can actually build that repository of all of the critical brand assets that are being built in that launch process, which then become a really filterable long-term library of all of the important content in your company that you can then repurpose, you know, down the road for future launches. You can build on, you know, start to identify what's important in your, in your, in your brand. Um, so, and, and all of that's layered in, we have a like repeatable process that's baked into it. So we have workflows that are basically cascading suggestions. So like, as you start building those plans based on what channels you want to launch through or announce through, we'll then suggest assets that need to be created in that plan. And we'll suggest what tasks need to be created in that plan. So your kind of build materials gets created like as you're building out your plan with you. Um, so you can basically like build a whole launch process in 10 seconds. Um, it's very quick. <laughs> that's that's really cool. And I come from the content space and, and asset management is something to not be underestimated in terms of how much friction it can add to a process if it's not a smooth experience. And so, you know, earlier you mentioned as well, the process of looking back after you did the launch, right? So how does this help, you know, a, a team go back and analyze what worked, what didn't work, what went wrong? I don't know if that layer is yet productized or it's it's just going back and having the data points to know where things went right or wrong. Yeah, so it's totally productized um, is the nice thing. So I think like one of, one of the reasons that teams are really bad at looking back at their past launches is oftentimes because of that fragmentation, right? Like they're housing all this stuff in budget docs and like projects in Asana, they get archived and like people forget where they live. They forget what they were titled because it's all infinitely flexible and there's no like information hierarchy to it. So people just even forget that those past launches existed and where to go back to find them if they want to go reference what worked, what didn't work. Um, the other thing is that teams don't have a good process for conducting actual retrospectives. So we actually have like baked into the product when you complete a launch, we'll prompt you to, hey, do you want to conduct a retrospective with your team? And we will spin up a retro survey. It's very simple, straightforward, like four questions. We ask you an NPS question, then a couple of like learning questions, and then we'll codify all of that for you in a score on the internal kind of effectiveness of that launch. And 
will give you all those qualitative insights with key takeaways summarized for you on what went well, what didn't go well. So then you can just easily apply those learnings. So the next time you're launching a product in that product line, or the next time you're launching a product to that persona, you can just go back and filter by all your launches, see the launches that you, that you shipped recently to that persona and what went well, what didn't go well, what did you learn? What are the things that you need to apply to the next one? So it's really easy to go back and reference all that stuff. What I love about that is that it, it is a repository that you can share with future partners, agencies. Here's the repository for every launch we've done. And, um, you know, even onboarding new team members, especially in the marketing roles where, you know, startups just don't have the bandwidth to have every single launch perfectly documented in their Notion page um, for new team members. So um, I love that. And so, totally. and, and you even know, if you do have it perfectly documented in Notion, the new team member doesn't know how you have structured your Notion doc, right? So like you could have a perfect document, but nobody knows how to find that because it's all like infinitely flexible and there's no information, there's no like real structure or information hierarchy to it. So, and it's, it's, and it's, totally often, it, it's oftentimes owned by one person in the company. And then if that person is no longer in the company, who is going to adopt that and keep those documents updated? Totally. hundred percent. Um, so, you know, you, you worked, I, I believe you worked at Rippling, right? Um, you know, software has faster, um, product iteration, faster launching cycles. So you learned the hard way. What was it that you learned through, you know, and especially Ripley, which is a company that moves incredibly fast. Um, so what, what were some of the learnings of manually doing this versus now, you know, building your own product and, and where are you guys in the cycle in terms of like the long-term vision and, and where you envision this to fully be? Yeah, I think so. Like in terms of just the problems at play when launching stuff, like, you know, the, the pace that we launched things at Rippling was insane. I mean, it, and it, we were also a very small team supporting all that. Like, you know, I, we were a three person product marketing team when I left, which we were supporting, uh, 12 plus product lines, uh, and you know, like the pace of each of those product lines shipping things was insane. We were launching new things on almost a daily basis. And so I think like the biggest learning was just the importance of actually systematizing this stuff and building automation. So like one of the things that I, you know, built early on when I was there was, was just a regular email to the company that was basically summarizing all the things that we're launching with lists of assets that were important to each of those launches, brief summaries of them. So everybody knew exactly what was getting built when when it was shipping and what things they needed to know in order to talk about those things and like what assets were available to them. And that went out to sales, to success. And it was everybody like, it was, you know, long people across the company's like favorite email that they got all month. And, you know, it was the thing that like motivated everybody and also got everybody to feel like they had new things to talk about when they wanted to go talk to customers that you know, our marketing team was able to able to send better newsletters to customers. Our sales team was able to set up, to have, new things to go ping prospects about. So, you know, it's it, like just that outward communication and like the need to pulse information outwards across all of your companies, like internal partners, external partners, et cetera. Like everybody needs that info and they're not going to know where to go seek it out. So you need to be pushing it to them constantly. Uh, I think that was probably like one of the biggest learnings. And then I think beyond that, like just from a, uh, you know, from uh 
Actually, I'm losing my train of thought here. <laughs> I, I had one other point, and I'm, I'm blanking on it. <laughs> no, no, just um, no, you know, from from there, uh, Blaine, if you, if you want to jump ahead, go for it. But you know, the, my my question from there was, from there, the vision was born, right? From suffering that pain point and going through that problem. And I'm just curious, what you know, what the dream, vision, and goal is for for ignition and and future product launches. What in the perfect world where you know um software could be built perfectly and especially with everything going on in ai right like what is the ideal perfect launch platform that um what should the experience be like once ignition vision is fully realized yeah for sure i mean so like we're already like well along the way towards you know our, our kind of perfect vision you know i think like we've built a lot more product in two years than like most startups our size ever ever could um so you know the product is really mature but I think um, where we want the product to go long term is not only be the place where you can actually do all this planning and like right now, you know, kind of the house is there, all the framework is, and structure is in place and you can build this full repository for all the knowledge of your company. You can automate all of that internal communication around it. Where we want to start going and we're starting to do this already, we've shipped a bunch of things like this year, are leveraging a lot of the new AI tools that exist. Um, we want to start helping to actually automatically create those plans with you and have them be really super personalized to your specific business and to your specific personas and to the the objectives of your individual launches. So we're continuing to like improve those workflows and AI recommendations in the product and like generating plans. But I think the the really cool thing is like because we become this in this incredibly powerful source of truth for your company on what all of your strategic information is around your launches and around like the way that you're positioning and messaging and your product and what your brand assets are. Um, we can actually become a really powerful enablement tool internally where anybody can come in. So we're actually building this, we're shipping it later this month. Um, we're building basically a contextualized version of chat GPT that is just based on your data where anyone can come in and they can ask a question they can say, Hey, like, how do I talk about the X product to Y persona? And what we will do is we will look across all of your positioning and all of your messaging and all the things that you've launched and all the documentation you have on that persona and all the documentation you have on competitors. And we'll say, based on all of that information, here's a messaging guide that explains how to talk about this, all the important talking points. Here's a list of assets that you can then like use to promote that. And here's the three or four things that we launched in the last like three months that are relevant to that persona. So then your support team, if they're you know getting questions about a product, they can come in and just immediately have a full messaging guide on how to talk about it. Anybody who wants to understand status of a launch across the company can come in and say, hey, what's going on with the launch? And we'll tell them all the status, who's, block, who's blocking what, what tasks are on track and not, what assets have been created and approved. And it's super duper easy for anybody to come in and just understand exactly what's going on with any launch in, in the company at any given time. So, you know, our goal is to put all of this on rails, you know, make it so that anybody, even if they have zero experience launching things, can come in and basically be an expert from day one and have that whole process mostly automated for them. I love that, we, especially for we will hold what you were saying it. about um, the contextualized no, I was gonna say I was gonna say you're the launch company. We're gonna we're gonna hold you to it at the end of the month. Um, sorry, Blaine, go ahead. <laughs> no, no. What I was saying was I, I I love that also from a from a product direction. What you were talking about about contextual GPT. Um, you know I think AI. Everyone's talking about AI these days, 
whether you're in D2C and people are using it for, you know, generating their product catalog or product descriptions or everything, but like even in terms of the workflow and generating marketing assets in generating copy, there's so many different applications of it. I think what you said about contextualizing, um, you know, a chat GPT sort of instance is super important because you could, you know, from a product perspective, just going into chat GPT in the interface and stocking it with that knowledge would take you enough time. And then coming up with the prompts that you would need to get the output that you're looking for is going to be, it's a, it's a whole other beast. So, um, what, I guess my question is like, how, how far do you see that going? How are you guys building it? Is it, is it something that's simple? Are you guys like embedding all the content? Like, how are you able to make it super, um, accurate to uh, again because as people have more and more content and more and more launches there's just so much content in there to pull out so how do you make sure it's accurate and how do you contextualize it the right way to make sure people are getting what they need yeah so i mean it's definitely not an easy technical challenge and so you know like there's a lot of work that's going on behind the scenes to, to make it happen um but i think the uh the reality is we um we have basically done a bunch of embedding work on our end and you know the, the reason that this is possible in our product is actually because of the fact that we have some structure in place, right? So like we already have kind of created the information hierarchy that's needed in order to make sure that that information is useful. Like, and we're not having to interpret whatever your kind of messy documentation is and you in the way that you've built this, you know, as a company. Um, so we're able to apply that structure and then we're basically just giving you some template props. Like, so the way that we're handling this is like, we're making some suggestions on like common questions that are going to be asked and like we are doing a lot of iteration on our end making sure that the prompts and making sure that the way that the model is trained understand those questions and understand like how far back in your data should they be looking you know what types of information are like most relevant so there's a lot of like signal training that we're doing you know on our end but um you know it's it's basically just a lot of iteration on that um based off of the questions that we've already seen people asking and the questions that we're you know continuing to to see people ask over time yeah, I, and I think what you just said about how you've productized it so everything's split up so it's not just a whole bunch of random data is super important. And people who are like working in AI and productizing, productizing different things maybe don't quite understand it, but there's a big difference between embedding something that's actually has a structure to it and just saying, oh, just go randomly embed all this random text and see what it pulls out because then it's just not going to be accurate. So I think the fact that you guys have already productized the layer of saying here's what goes where and then are able to create on top of that is a really really cool use case um the next thing i wanted to talk about was just kind of because you've seen so many launches you understand how it works in the SaaS world for your own company and you've seen all different types of customers use it i'd love to kind of just do a thought experiment and walk through a different type of like i think one common thing we see on d2c pod right it's a lot of people who are going through a brand launch right they're they, they decide they want to start a brand. They've put in a purchase order. You know, they're set up their Shopify store. They've, um, you know, put together some marketing assets. But I'd love to just through your lens, understand how you'd approach if you were creating a D2C brand or a consumer brand, like what you'd be thinking about uh, running in your launch process to make sure you didn't miss anything. Yeah, sure. I mean, like, so I, I, I will go through all the like logistical details because there's a ton of stuff like setting up your store and, you know, all that, all that stuff, which is pretty well codified, you know, in, in some other spots. But I think, you know, the, the biggest area that I, I would start is, and this is probably true, like whether you're launching a D2C brand or whether you're launching a, you know, any startup, any kind of net new company, 
is try and build some degree of audience before you have actually you're actually ready to launch. And so, you know, I think that's like start delivering value to people. You know, you can launch as a sub brand. So have you know some separate brand that you start building an audience for yourself and around and like start humanizing yourself and making that audience so familiar with you as a person and what you stand for and the values that you are trying to build into that brand. And so, you know, whether that's like delivering value through creating, you know, content or fostering a community of people in the audience that you want to eventually serve, um, you know, go just like start formulating an audience well before you ever start thinking about the launch itself. Um, that helps to just build you a baseline that you can start activating and do a lot of like pre-launch marketing too and start to like tee up, hey, we're launching this thing in a month. Hey, like we're launching this thing in two weeks. Start telling your network, here's some assets that you can share with the with that network. Uh, so, you know, like leverage those kind of early, early like fans as, you know, the biggest marketing channel that you have. Um, I think when it comes to the actual planning process, like don't skimp on the strategy. That's the that's the single biggest piece of advice that I would give is like a lot of people, they start thinking, they're like, hey, I'm gonna launch this brand. I just need a website and I just need, you know, like a couple of assets and I'm gonna set up my storefront and like start collecting payments and I'll just go email a bunch of people and tell them that it's live. And you know, the, the, the reality is like, if you don't have a really, really well differentiated and clear message and value prop to those people like it's going to land on deaf ears and so you need to have done the research on your customers understand what their like real driving motivations are why they really want to buy your product um, who your competitors are and how you're going to actually like functionally tangibly deposition from them so you know i think it's like when launching brands it's important to build the actual emotive part of the brand and like people buy emotions and so that's like really especially true of d2c like you want to tap into those like emotive needs and make people feel like they're part of something that's exclusive and you know a uh, you know a, a group that's really tailored to them but you also still at the earliest stages of building you know any brand or product you know you still need to be pretty clear on like what the tangible benefits are to those people and so you know make sure that you have messaging that is tapping into like real capabilities that it's unlocking for those people that are buying you know whatever whatever you're selling um so you know don't skip on the strategy do all the like hard positioning work up front do the, like build a messaging framework so that you then have at least something to go back and reference you're going to iterate on this a lot over time but you know, at least have the baseline of like how you initially think you're going to talk about this thing um, in place. And, you know, then like when it comes to the actual like execution and building out assets, you know, you, there, there's some core pieces that you want. Like, so think about, you know, obviously a website, obviously a storefront, um, you know, have like a kind of nurture campaign built out so that like those people that you initially attract in your first launch they're going to have a good experience that carries them through a full buying experience over time. And you're not just dropping them into a leaky bucket. Um, make sure that you have like, you know, launch videos are great. Have some kind of like three or four, like you don't have time at that early stage of a company or a brand to build tons of assets. So figure out what the like two or three or four most impactful assets that you can create are that are really going to tell your story the best. Typically that's like a video, a website, some even like one or two emails and you know a couple of like social assets um and then make sure that that is distributed effectively so like all the people in your network all the people in 
your company, all your agency partners, make sure everybody has those assets and they know exactly how to package them up into promotional activity and, you know, just go like enable everybody around you to effectively launch that thing. Don't just rely on like whatever you personally are doing to promote that. You know, it's, it like really does take a village to launch things. And like, you know, you need to make sure that village all has the tools that they need in order to do it. Yeah, I think the other thing that you've been mentioning throughout the show that's really stuck with me is just the importance of the internal communication of launching and not just the external, right? It's not just a scenario where, okay, we've got one marketing person who knows what's going on and they're communicating to a couple customers and, you know, we internally don't know what's going on. It starts really internally making sure the whole team knows what's going on and that will flow through to the customers and making sure everyone's aligned, right? In whether it's in SaaS or D2C, there's constantly things that I'm sure are being updated, right? Whether you're updating different SKUs, you're removing products from your site, you're adding products to your site, you're launching a new landing page, you're running a new set of ads. There's all these different things that are constantly going into action. And I think that communication and making sure the team is on the same page just helps so much um, across the entire stack. So yeah, um, yeah. like if you, if you think about it, you know, day zero, you have zero customers. You have zero fans. You have zero anybody. You might have thought three, four people on your team. You have three or four people that can all be super active in promoting that thing. You have a built-in marketing channel and you need to make sure that all three or four of those people are really doing stuff. And it's not just like the one marketing person or the one founder that's going out and promoting because you're just leaving opportunity on the table. So and, and that's true as you scale too. You, your most motivated people to support you are all of your existing team and your employees and your partners. And so, you know, making sure that they're effective at marketing the thing and they're excited about it, that excitement flows through to customers. So make sure that they have all the like motivation and context that they need in order to tell the story. Especially because there is high probability that launch is never going to go as planned. It can go either way. It could be a flop. And then you've seen companies on the other end of the spectrum that fail because they grew too fast or they weren't prepared for how successful um, that launch was going to be. Yeah, totally. And and like, it's okay for launches to fail too. That's the other thing is like, people put all this pressure on like their first launch to be perfect. And you know, like most first launches fail and it's okay to relaunch your product or relaunch your brand multiple times. You know, like I think the story is like Airbnb launched like four or five times before they actually like started getting real traction. And that's true of a lot of successful companies. It's like, it's okay to launch many times as long as you have a fresh story. And as long as you're talking to new, a new audience, like just, you know, keep launching, you know, treat everything as a launch and you're going to have way more shots on goal. And you're not going to put as much pressure on yourself to like get every single launch absolutely perfectly right. And you can continue iterating and eventually one of those launches will be perfect and it will be the one that really starts taking off. Derek, I love this. I love this framework, especially, uh, and I'm so glad we got to have you on the show today because I think one of the benefits of SaaS is like you were saying, you're constantly shipping products. Things are moving so fast. You're able to push out all this different sort of messaging automated. And I feel like, you know, a lot of times what the D2C world gets really well is like you were saying, they get the emotive side, the communication, the branding, the marketing, et cetera. So I'm just pumped to be able to have you come on and drop all this knowledge about these different frameworks and systematizing it because it becomes such a, that, that framework of fast iteration, communication, all these different themes are so, so applicable. So just want to thank you for coming on the show for our guests who are listening in, where can they connect with you? Where, where can they learn more about ignition and, and follow along with you yourself? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so best way to find me is, uh, so I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. That's where I do most of my like posting and sharing knowledge. Um, our website is haveignition.com. Um, and so our product's free to sign up for. If you want to go check, check it out, you know, go, go sign up. And if you ever want to reach us directly, you know, there's a bunch of contact information on the website and yeah, we're, we love to hear from folks. Sweet. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of DTC Pod. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love your support. A rating and a review would go a long way as we continue to host the best builders in DTC and beyond. Follow and subscribe to the show, and make sure to check out our show notes where you can find our socials and weekly newsletter. Visit us on dtcpod.com to join our founder community and access resources from every episode. We'll see you on the next pod.